Hi, and welcome to a very short introduction. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. I'm Miri Rubin. I'm a professor of medieval and early modern history at Queen Mary University of London. And I've been working on the early pre-modern history of Europe for, well, almost 40 years now. I became interested in this period, uh, really, because in my first week at university as a history student, I simply had the most brilliant teacher of this period. And uh, he inspired me and I've never looked back. So I'm the author of The Middle Ages, a very short introduction in Oxford University Press's amazing series. And it was such a pleasure to be asked to write that title. So the topic is the Middle Ages. What are the Middle Ages? Well, this is a name that is given to the centuries between about 500 and 1500. The title was given to this period actually around uh, 1400 by intellectuals, mostly in Italy, who at the time saw themselves as heralds of some new enlightened era, the Renaissance, the rebirth, rinascimento, literally rebirth of Europe. They saw themselves, their intellectual pursuits, their political pursuits as somehow bridging their times jumping over hundreds of years back to the values of classical Rome and very much dismissive towards everything that had passed in recent centuries. Hence, they called them the medias aetas, the, the Middle Age. This, unfortunately, has remained with us. And one of the things I try to do in my little volume is to I have to use the term because that's how people refer to it, but also question it quite deeply and, and, and critique it. So this is a period of hegemony of the traditional church, Christian church, when most of Europe was ruled by kings and emperors, where most of the land at the time was held by landed gentry and aristocracy, when women were debarred from most positions of authority, when those who worked the land were often in servile positions. This period is also one of just constant change. That is what history is, after all. And in it, during it, Europe lived at different speeds, in a way lived to different tunes in its many regions. So while the first few centuries, say after 500, saw the transformation, the slow, painstaking transformation of the ancient world, the Roman Empire now broken up into uh, smaller political, economic, and linguistic entities. So what had been a vast Mediterranean empire breaking down into units, and some of those units really correlate to states, European states and countries as we know them today. After about 700, the southern part of the Mediterranean is conquered by uh, Muslim polities. So that Mediterranean world, as it were, now has a certain fracture. It is not all governed as one as it was in the Roman era, but it is now a subject of some political, economic and religious strife. And there's general lessening of the intensity of of trade and commercial activity in those years between 500 and 1000 or so. 
But after about 1000, we see a tremendous demographic and economic growth with the enhancement of Europe's cities. And these cities were often old Roman cities, as it were, that had been transformed throughout the centuries, but also many, many, literally thousands of towns being founded afresh. Uh, the period after 1000 is one of flourishing regional and continental and even global trade. There is in this period the refinement of manufacture and the development of exquisite crafts in textile, in stone, in wood, and ultimately, of course, the development of print. This is also a period when the literatures in Latin and in all the local languages of Europe, think of Chaucer in English or Dante in Tuscan, come into their own. And the people who lived during this period also had to cope between about the 1340s and 1500 with not only the vast, vast mortality of the Black Death, but also with the fact that it became endemic and recurrent almost every decade or so during that period. So bubonic plague was a fact of life, and it was far, far greater in its impact even than the terrible calamity of COVID-19 with which we are living. And since religion permeated all areas of life and inspired a whole lot of uh, art and architecture and literature, it was also a period of religious persecution as the hegemonic religion, uh, the Christian religion, excluded and marginalized not only non-Christians, but also anyone who had a dissenting voice. And yet it also produced just exquisite religious thought, poetry, sensibility. So we see in this period, like in all times of history, struggles between social groups, people coping with environmental challenges. We find sort of sheepish conformity to, to norms as well as daring dissent. One can actually discern in this period that is so often thought of as so different from the modern, actually we can glimpse ideas that are close to our hearts. Freedom, toleration, social justice, even rights for women. But of course, they were not then majority views, not associated with power. But nonetheless, it was possible to think them. So looking at this period, this quote unquote Middle Ages, as it were, in this short volume, well, I think some of it will be familiar, but some of it will be quite startling and unfamiliar to readers. But above all, I hope that by writing about it, its many facets and variations, I just contribute to the readers yet another experience of thinking, the diversity and the extraordinary power of the human story.